Right now at Safeway, save on all your favorite home scents and cleaning products for a fresh, clean home. Shop for deals on items like Glade candles and plug-ins, Febreze air fresheners, Clorox cleaners, Swiffer wet cloths, or Scotch-Brite sponges. Plus, deck the halls and shop for deals on items like mini light sets, holiday wrapping paper, holiday candles, and holiday cards. Offer expires December 26th. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for full offer details. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. This is an official download from thecustardtv.com. Custard TV podcast time. It's Luke, runner and editor of the website. But you find this on thecustardtv.com. Gary's in the London area. All right. And Matt's in the stereotypical north. All right. Uh, I'm struggling this week. I know we've been recording for like 30 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> I, I don't 45 know. seconds in, let's go. Yeah. I'm struggling. I like can we just because I I don't like it being dark this early. I know it happens every year. I know it's been happening for at least the last thirty three years of my life and those of people before me. But I'm just struggling with it. It's just. Okay. I, have, you, have you heard the news that the clocks might not be going back? They're having a referendum about it or something. <sighs> that went well, well the last we time, didn't it? I suppose we might not be we we might not be part of it now. We're not near you anymore. Oh, is it one? Is it one something they're doing, and we might EU, not be part? EU set to stop countries turning clocks back and forward for daylight saving. I, so what, I feel like though that that that's been in the cards for a few years. We, I, I, I feel like it's an old news story that they're just recycling. But I, 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 I would be for that. I would vote in for that. You can, Luke, just do it. Just don't change your clocks ever. But you will also at one point either be an hour behind or an hour in front depending on which one you choose not but to But wouldn't do. that be exciting for, for me to just turn up at things and not know whether I've missed the first hour or I'm early? It's not realistic in 2019. EU ministers say ending clock changes in 2019, not realistic. But maybe in 2021. Um, I know oh, why okay. this won't work. Because all the clocks are made in Switzerland and they're always neutral. Luke, Gary and Matt. This could be a podcast. A podcast? Don't you have to be some sort of whiz kid to do those? Uh, definitely not. Anyone with a computer can make one. Talking telly. Use your ears and trust them. This is the Custard TV Podcast. Yes, that would entertain me briefly. From thecustardtv.com. Yeah, Switzerland like aren't in the EU, so yeah, so they won't be doing it anyway because they're not in the EU. I can't even say that. Uh, Custard TV podcast, then TV news reviews. Gary talks us through some UK stuff, uh, US, some US, US stuff, stuff even. Oh, here we go again, US stuff. And uh, on the podcast um, menu today, as it were, BBC has kept us gripped on Sunday nights for the past eleven weeks. Can they make it twelve weeks in a row? With the little drummer girl, we'll find out. Plus, Inside Number 9 went live. How did that work out? And some other stuff as well. First of all, though, (laughs) Gary Goes West. Just the one review this week, and it's a programme coming to Channel 4 
uh, on Thursday nights. It's called The First. Stars Sean Penn and Natasha McElhone. This is about the first planned or manned trip to Mars. Uh, it opens in the near future. So we've got a few things that tell us it's the near future. Uh, phone calls are all made by sort of pressing something in your ear and you can control your car by your voice. Uh, but it's not so far in the future that you're still relying upon, you know, huge propelled rockets to get to the moon. And then change the clocks. The clocks are that, still yeah, going prob- well, backwards and forwards. The the oh, yeah. my word. But you can just talk to it now. Go, yeah. go back. Go back an hour. Yeah. <laughs> Reverse. And we start with a very simple sort of premise that there is a, a mission going ahead. There's a launch going ahead, taking three or four astronauts up to Mars. He was part of the team and he's uh, sort of speaking to them right before launch. You know, he's obviously been quite integral and you see all in the sort of the control room. And then you get a very, if you're alive in the mid 1980s, you get a very familiar scene. Now, if you remember the Challenger launch in 1987, it's very similar to the lot to the start here. Basically, before they get into orbit or out of the Earth's atmosphere, they explode. I'd say this whole episode is sort of based around that. Um, it, and so it feels like a sort of a, a, a show which is like based on something like a lost or a designated survivor or, a, you know, those programs where something happens and what you're getting is the, the fallout later on. Obviously, that they're, they're obviously going to go back and do this. But you get Natasha McElhone. She's playing a lot sort of like the head of NASA. She's very obviously concerned about the public image and meeting with lawyers. And she's scared to meet with the families. And Sean Penn. It sort of plays this sort of role where he comes straight down. And he's holding the hands of the the parents, and he's sort of conf- then confronting her about you know come to calling her a coward, basically saying you've got to talk to these people. Towards the end of the episode, Sean Penn goes back to his house, and his daughter um, is there. His daughter uh, has a drug issue. She comes back because she's been sort of emotionally affected by the um, by the crash because it reminds her of times where Sean Penn has gone up into space. Obviously, he's you know he's obviously been up a few times and. Um, he's estranged from his wife. We don't know whether the wife is alive, but they're not together anymore. She's not. She's dead. No. Um, I mean, I'd, I'd love to say to you that, that, that they, they do this really well, that this is a massive blockbuster. But actually, despite what actually happens being quite major, it's quite underplayed. It's so in my dull. opinion, it's it's done in a very... Well, I wouldn't say dull. It's just done oh, it in a is. very matter-of-a-fact way, in my opinion. It's so dull. I, well, I mean, let's, let's, my, let's my come experience on to, let's, Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on, hold on. We've just gone into Opinion Alley. We're about to go yeah. down it. Hold so on. I'd, I'd, like, I'd like to hear what Luke thinks, Carl, because you say it's dull, <laughs> but what? <laughs> hold on. So um, I've not had that much experience with Sean Penn as an actor, really. This was what probably doing your life then. What, no, what he's he... normally a cleaner for me, <laughs> but um... well, no, he's, he's never done. T- I suppose the one thing we should say. No, he, is yeah, first this TV? is his first TV, first foray. Well, apart from cameos and stuff and Friends, of course. Oh, okay. he's, he's probably but... done like TV, you may TV movie yeah. thing. But this yeah. is it. But you're quite right. This is his first drama role where he is Sean Penn in. Uh, yeah. I found him incredibly irritating. I thought he mumbled through the whole thing instead of speaking, which always is bound to get on my nerves. The explosion scene, which we can talk about because this is on Thursday night. The podcast will be out Friday. Mm. If you're going to watch it, you'll you'll watch it live. So the, the, the thing when the spaceship blows up was not ex- exciting is the wrong word, but well done. Big dramatic scene for TV. Happen, though. Yeah, you could see it a mile off. But the rest of it was so dull, and 
from what I've read about this this program, the whole show is like this. It's about him rebuilding his life with mm. his daughter mm. and coming and to terms putting with together the, lo- the mission. I'm guessing yeah. coming to terms with the loss of his wife. I just found it completely unbearable. Even your description of it felt as long as the program was. You know, I, yeah, I thought, it's, it's hard to kind of d- d- summarize it because a lot yeah. happens, but. Not really. No, kind of no not a lot. Life. Not a lot happens, really. I, I, just, I, suppose the only, I had the only no bit... empathy for either the families that whose loved ones have been blown up or him. And for this to work, mm. surely I have to. I wasn't invested at all. I thought it was one of the worst US big budget dramas I've seen this year. I really hated it. Yeah, I'm I'm with you both really. It was very sort and and it was very grey and very sort of cold and mm. you, this sort of futuristic setting. It just it it didn't make me sort of feel anything. No, it's yeah. emotionless. Yeah, and um I I was thinking back to missions that me and Gary watched, you remember the French thing? Oh yeah. And this did that very much better in my because that was my mission to Mars wasn't it it was yeah yeah and that did it better in so much as it's it started and they were just on the way to Mars they just sort of were getting to Mars which is the more exciting thing than getting the team ready to go to Mars yeah Yeah. um uh, you you can call it I mean if if they wanted well so no if they wanted (laughs) <laughs> I was going to say, in in uh, in uh, a bit of praise, uh, I thought Natasha McElhone was good. I I yeah, liked. I, agree. I, didn't, I, didn't, I think I didn't she. Like her. I think she was. Oh, are you speaking or am I speaking? I think. Well, wait, it's a three-way podcast, so we could sort well, of chime in. I, I I suppose like best of a bad bunch, maybe. But I thought yeah. when she was on screen, I was more interested than at any other time of the episode. How's that? Uh, mm. First, fair enough. I don't think I'll be watching, and it's a shame because I I, I am a space geek. I've said this before. I really like anything to do with space, and I really. Well, you're do... going to space, aren't you? Isn't that why you're leaving the podcast? Yeah, that's. Just, I'm not, NASA have asked me not to talk about it. Oh, okay. Um, okay. And, it's uh, like when Barney Gumble went to space in that. <laughs> well, it was actually he didn't go <laughs> though. Barney didn't go. That's yeah. Um, I've lost my train of thought. <laughs> <laughs> I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed a film that's out at the moment called The First Man, which is or, about or just Neil First Armstrong. Man. You put your yeah. verse again, and you're doing a bodyguard. Well, I've borrowed it from the bodyguard. So. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I really enjoyed that. And I feel this could have had that kind of same feel to it. You know, it really could have been a bit more sort of you know dis- exciting and descriptive and, and 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 atmospheric. But it's chosen not to, which I think is a real shame. Because obviously everyone watching will expect it to be something that it isn't, and that's a that's a huge risk. It's a pedestrian family drama. Once that spaceship blows up at the start, uh, maybe if they get a second season, he might go to Mars. But this first season is not about that, well, and that's, that's going to get on people's nerves. American television show trying to get a second series, as we all know, yes. a real shame. So reviews. Um, as Luke alluded to earlier, the um, Sunday night streak on um, BBC One, not a nudity-based programme. Um, I that as well, of, though. <laughs> of dramas. People enjoyed Bodyguard. Not all of them are on this podcast. The Cry was something all three of us enjoyed, even though if Gary had to explain it to his aunts. Um, <laughs> and, and Luke needed help after episode one. I'm so, and, it's one of those rare occasions I'm so pleased I just kept watching. And now we have uh, the little little drummer girl, which I was very disappointed with because she wasn't drumming; she was playing guitar. And I would uh, say she's normal size as well. Mm. 
So this is from the team behind The Night Manager, a show that I think I was the only one to finish it. Correct. Luke didn't, Gary? No? This is set in 1979. It is based on another novel by Jean Le Carré and is directed by um, South Korean director Park Chan-wook, who um, has directed films such as Thirst. Do you know that one? Nope. The Handmaiden. And nope. probably his most famous film is Old Boy. Oh, I, re- I know that. With um, Adam film... Sandler. That's the Water Boy. <laughs> Have you seen the American remake with Josh Brolin? No, I've seen the original. I've oh, seen the okay. Korean one. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so he's directed it, and it stars Florence Pugh as um, Charlie, who's this sort of jobbing actress in London, part of this sort of small troupe of actors. And she um, ends up going to Greece in this and, and meets a mysterious uh, fellow by the well, name. No, well, oh, no, they, they're given a wealthy oh, yeah, the benefactor to go to sends Greece. them to Greece to okay. work, who okay. it turns out is this mysterious stranger that they meet. Carry on. Played by Alexander Skarsgård. That is sort of one of the stories. There's another story going on um, involving Michael Shannon's character, Kurtz, who's like this sort of... Um, what, what agency does he work for? I have no idea. I was hoping... German, isn't it, isn't it? I mean, I, it was tough to tell. It was in, set in, that part was all set in Germany, wasn't it? Should we just say he's an um, yes. Israeli spymaster? Yes. Um, yeah. Who's trying to sort of kill this guy who is um, targeting prominent Jewish officials. You get sort of his side of the story. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Well, there's sort of... three brothers, isn't it? That he's yeah. trying. There's a ring of three that have been setting off these terrorists. You want to do this, Ben? No, I, I think you're doing a better job. I'm <laughs> just helping you along. They've been setting off these terrorist attacks across Europe, uh, taking out uh, Jewish people, and uh, he just wants to bring them to justice and take yeah. them out and find out why they're doing what they're doing and um, how. The the episode sort of ends with um, mysterious fella. Um, who uh, Florence Pugh's character meets, um, driving her to this house, very mm-hmm. sort of um, fast, and she gets very scared, and it ends up with um, Kurtz opening the door and going, welcome. He's sort of touted a bit like, the if you like the night manager, you like this, but as two people who didn't like the night manager, um, or who didn't stick with it. I mean, I liked it as a sort of bit of escapist sort of fluff. It was very sort of pristine and sheen and shiny. And I think this benefits from not from being in like the, the 70s, the late mm. 70s, sort of the grubbiness of it, especially mm. in the early, in the scenes with Michael Shannon and in the sort of the scenes in London with um, Charlie and her crew. And then obviously you go to Greece and it's a bit more sort of, you know, continental. It hasn't got that sheen that the night manager had, which I think may be certainly Luke's problem with it. Um, Gary? I, I didn't like it. I, I, I found it a little hard to follow. And I was watching intently. I wasn't watching with Twitter or anything like that. Was there anything specific that you didn't understand? I think understand? I found the, 
yeah, I mean, I think I found the plot a little hard to follow. You know, it did flick back between this kind of like, as you say, jobbing actress to this kind of Mossad. That's the name of the Israeli. I think, ah, thank you. Yes. Thank Mossad. you. I kind of got a little bit lost. And, and also, the, his, the way he was conducting his investigation, the Michael Shannon character, was very haphazard. First of all, he was interviewing the, the husband or the father of the little girl that was blown up. Then he was sort of discussing it with colleagues and telling them what to do. Then there was a moment where he was shouting in a room. And I appreciate that they're not trying to give away too much. And I know Jean Le Carré's style. You know, I, I've seen Tinker Tailor Soldiers by the film and the series. Uh, and, and it's, you know, he's very kind of like undercover spy. And he likes to sort of delve deep into these things. But I, it kind of lost me. Luke? Loved it. I just found Michael Shannon instantly likeable. I thought I'd seen Florence Pugh in some, some, something else, and I hadn't, so she was new to she me. She was in Marcella, uh, Gary Yeah, Cobble. exactly, so I hadn't. <laughs> yeah, and, so um, he hadn't seen it. Yeah, she was so, in the first series of Marcella. Yeah, I was immediately on her side. I feel like Gary and I have, have, have switched places because Gary said all the things that I would have probably said about this show, but for some reason... I watched it on my own on the preview site, and instead of being irritated like Gary was, I was just intrigued. I didn't have, you know, any worries about it. I just thought it, it looked fantastic as well. It reminded me a bit of the TV show I like called Fargo, where it's all a bit heightened, but, but enough to keep it grounded. I just really enjoyed it. I thought all the performances were really good. I was really on Florence Pugh's side, and I found Michael Shannon really funny and intriguing, and... I can't wait to see more. I think I'm more to Luke's side than I am with Gary. Oh, okay. Michael Shannon is an actor I really, really like, but I, I found him... His bits I, I wasn't as engaged with than sort of the bits with Florence Pugh. I found him very mumbly at times. Well, Michael yeah, I can agree with that. And he had um, the sort of exposition role, so there is a lot of stuff to get out. You know, he's saying, you know, this is who this is, this is who this is, yeah. this is why we're doing this. I mean, I like the bit where they went around the sort of the Munich Olympic ground. It did; mm. his bits did remind me of the film Munich. The, the yeah, I, I've seen that, and that I, I I thought that as well. Actually, to be fair, I did think that yeah. part was particularly good. Um, it, was something, I, it was something relevant that I could relate to. It was something something grounded in history that I thought, okay, now I know what period of time I'm in and where we are, kind of thing. But I really like the stuff with Florence Pugh. I yeah. think she's fantastic. Yeah. I really she liked is. her. I just found her so engaging every time yeah. she was on screen. Yeah. You know, her sort of little band of actors were very believable together. Um, and her dialogue and, and, wasn't great, but it didn't bother me because no. she was just so convincing yeah. in this and, world. Human sponge me. Read it, hear it. It's in. Yeah? Mm-hmm. So what did I say to you the first time we met? Well, you thought that Charlie was a boy's name. It then took you 19 hours to tell me your name, which is Peter Richterman. You're a Mongol. You hate passports. You drink Vataris at all hours of the day. You act like you've been everywhere in the world except London. You think I'm Rosalind? You were married once before, but you don't like talking about her. In fact, you don't seem to talk too much altogether, and when you do, you let on very little, which you think is incredibly mysterious and alluring, and actually, it's just really annoying, and we both agree that you're a bit dodgy. Shall I carry on, or will that do? 
and I just found it very intriguing her what what how these two things fit together, and I I didn't worry that I didn't I, no. I didn't think there was a worry with understand. I don't no. I don't understand what you didn't understand. Well, actually, I will say this on, in Gary's defence. I will say this. I watched it on the previews on whatever night that was. I liked it a lot. I watched it with the folks on Sunday, and my mum had the same issues as Gary until the very end. Uh, but actually, when you break the plot down, it is very simple. Guy wants to use actress to capture th- one or three brothers who are setting off these terrorist attacks. He wants to use her and a gang of other people to lure these terrorists to her and learn more about them and eventually capture them. That is what the plot is about. Yes, it moved around. Yes, it was all over the place, perhaps. But that is what the plot is about. In the spirit of the cry, I will try the second episode. Mm. But I now think you, now, but now you know together. what it's about. Yeah. Well, that's okay. I don't what mind did you, that. But what now... did you struggle with? But I, I still don't understand, Gary, what it was you struggled with. Because it didn't seem to me to be that complex a, a story to well, understand. It, it wasn't necessarily the complexity. I, I, I didn't find Michael Shannon as engaging as you two did. So I struggled with that. I, I sort of got the point of why they were bringing this actress in. I just didn't. I mean, the, the, the opening scene after the sort of you know the, the explosion is her kind of auditioning and and being sort of pushed and and coerced into kind of doing these kind of uncomfortable auditions. So I was a little bit sort of like, well, where where does that put? And then she's doing this kind of like sort of you know thespian sort of production of I don't know what it was, what it was supposed to be. You know, this sort of very wordy kind of you know almost sort of Shakespearean type play and. And then they suddenly they're whisked off to, you know, to, to 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 Greece, you know, and it was like, oh, okay. And I, I just I I didn't find myself as engaged. So in the case of this, you didn't you didn't like that you didn't know where it was going. A little bit, yeah. And that there was not. I mean, they gave you timestamps and, and and places, so I understood we were in Germany and. And, you need you know, though. You seem to need those sort of markers more than a lot of other may, people. Maybe as I say, it's a trait of a John McCarey book and film in that he doesn't reveal everything in the opening scene. You know, he does reveal things as the show goes on. I understand that. I, I just, it didn't grip me. But I will give the second hey. episode a go in the spirit of, 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 of the cry. But I, I thought it was brilliant. So it's 11, 11 weeks in a row that I've liked the BBC drama. Well, no, 10. Yeah, First 10. of the cry. True, true. <laughs> and you're a bit sour on Bodyguard now as well. Yeah, no, yes, but I, uh, yes, Matt, sorry. So, like, about seven weeks. Not nine a push. <laughs> more, than he, more than he's enjoyed anything on ITV this year, though. Nine Talk- on a, no. Talking of ITV, we had the first and second episodes of a six-part series, Dark Heart. Something that had an interesting sort of journey to our screen. First broadcast on ITV Encore, remember that? It was a one-off 90-minute drama um, mm-hmm. starring the same cast. And I watched maybe half an hour of it. Bits of this first episode did ring a bell for me because I, I, I remember the bit where he goes to the boarded-up door of the, you know, the guy who's, du- who's killed first. And, mm-hmm. and I, I remember the bit as well when he sees his sisters in the house and things like that. So remember bits and bobs of it. This is sort of a cut-down version, isn't it? The first it's, two episodes. 
My insider uh, knowledge from Mr. Uh, Lang, it's a cut down version of what you've seen and it's taken out a lot of the there's some, a lot of the violence is in there clearly, but a lot of it was too brutal for nine o'clock for mainstream uh, ITV audience. So the next four episodes are brand new stories that Chris has written. Two they parts. like two parters. Well, it's, it's, based on, it's, it's adapted from a book, isn't it? Yeah, I believe. Yeah, it yeah. is. So this, but so this is the book, and the rest are Chris's creation. Right, Chris so Lang. I don't know if I mentioned that today at the start. No, you didn't. So yeah, so it's Tom Riley stars as is it Will Wagstaff? Lovely mm-hmm. name. Great, great name. Um, the stereotypical troubled detective. Um, he's haunted by the death of his parents, the murder of his parents, I should say, which he still seems to be investigating. He li- he still lives in his family home. His um, sister seems to sort of lurch from one abusive relationship to another. And he sort of appears at his house quite early on. Tom Riley plays Will Wagstaff, and oddly, Charlotte Riley, no relation, plays his sister Juliet. Where do I know her from? Press. Press. You've Thank just spent you. the last six weeks yep. in a company. No, I realised I, I knew her from somewhere. I just couldn't work <laughs> it out. She's an um, actress. She looks different. Not really. Oh, it's, um, <laughs> and, um, it's your own time so you're wasting. It's very um, Luther light, I thought, this this first plot um it was it's basically someone is killing pedophiles or mm. people who've known to be sort no, of well he was was he never convicted or was he let off i can't remember people who he sort of got previous of... for sexual abuse and yeah. things like that and there is a pattern there and obviously the thing is you know i've got to do my job and investigate these murders even though these men might have done horrible things in the past mm. Um, and that's about it, really, for the, the first episode, yeah. I think. I think that's your, your cliff notes. Yeah. Gary has watched how much so far of the first episode? Uh, up to the second ad break, so it was sort of about <laughs> half an hour of the 45 minutes. I think this is tricky because Chris Lang sort of has a certain shine to him, you know, and a certain appeal. You know, we're big fans of Unforgotten. Uh, and, and I think attaching his name to it sort of makes me want to watch it. I don't particularly like the main actor. As you say, he's playing the kind of archetypal troubled, you know, and you see these bits where he's wandering around the streets of London and, you know, sort of like thinking, and he, he's he's, investig- he's looking into the, the, the new boyfriend that his sister's got, isn't he? He takes photos of pictures of him and his phone number, you know, as if he's going to sort of, you know... He should just he, ring Ben Chaplin, shouldn't he, and say... Yeah, just get some information. <laughs> um, I kind of feel like I want to watch it, but I can't quite put my finger on why. The opinion is it's quite well made. I think it looks, you know, the opening scene is very seven esque as well, isn't it? You know, the torture scene. Mm. And and the the scene I didn't like was the bit where he was confronting the guy in the operations room, going, "Well, if you can't do this, then get out." You know, and it's, it, that felt unrealistic mm. in my opinion. Yeah. It didn't it didn't feel dra- what you would have in a drama. Yeah, um, I think and probably I think... because it comes from the book is why it's been left in. Yeah, I, I think ITV. You could argue that they're rushing this out before we all head to the jungle. Uh, But I think... Here in Key West, we were out before it was in. In this open and inclusive paradise, you can be yourself, make new friends, and savor our live and let live vibe. With LGBTQ plus friendly accommodations, our legendary nightlife, and year-round activities and events, it's always a good time to come as you are. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Actually showing it in two parts over two nights, uh, three weeks run isn't, isn't a bad idea for this. On one hand, it feels like something that I've liked before. Whitechapel, Luther, Trial and Retribution, all those sort of classic crime dramas with a bit more oomph to them. But... I really, really struggle with Tom Riley and um, Charlotte Riley. Charlotte Riley as well. The Rileys. All the Rileys. Lisa Riley. <laughs> Mark Riley. <laughs> if Lisa had turned up, that would have been it for me. My issue is similar to Gary. The, the crime side is, is somewhat interesting. Yeah. Although I feel like it's a plot I've seen before. But my main issue is that I don't buy, at least in this first episode, I don't buy. Tom Riley is this character and I don't know how much I care and in this era where we've got these sort of bigger more lavish looking dramas like the little drummer girl like the cry I didn't feel like this had any real depth to it based on this first episode and I don't know how desperate I am to stick with it it feels like something ITV have done time Mm. and time again it doesn't feel like something new well, they did it in 2016. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I didn't see that, to be fair. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm with you, really. I just found it a hard... I mean, I think doing what I do now and the subject matter here found it quite a hard watch, to be honest with you. The essence of, like, the, the interviews and things like that and, the you know, the, the past victims that they had to talk to, things like that. And, and I'm with you about Tom, Tom and Charlotte Riley. Very sort of um, switched off. I found it quite forgettable, if I'm honest. Um, I think I watched it at the weekend, and just it, 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 I, I'm struggling to remember much of it now. Really, mm. I just think it is a, just another crime drama, and they're just sort of trying to sort of squeeze it in before you, I'm a celeb starts. It's from an era that we've yeah. sort of passed. I think mm. it's from like the early noughties where this sort of thing would have been on ITV and got big numbers. I, and also, I don't think it'll come back because I think, do people want to watch it over two nights? Is it a risk? Uh, you, you're uh, saying that, though. Let me just remind you, Bancroft is coming back. Yeah. <sighs> Dear well, we'll review it on the podcast. No, no we uh, will not. Veto. Veto. Who's still got their veto card left from the beginning? I'll, I'll leave early if we do. <laughs> While we're on ITV, can I just quickly speak about Butterfly? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we spoke about this when it started, me and Luke. Um, you didn't continue, I'm guessing. No. I, I sort of, like, echo what I said at the start, really. I think um, I enjoyed the tone of it. I enjoyed the chemistry between the actors and the family. Um, I enjoyed um, the the central performance from Callum Booth Ford, I think, uh, the actor's name. I thought he was fantastic throughout The problem with it was, and I said this at the start, that it feels like they were rushing a lot of the time. And I think it was a hard story to tell within the confines of a TV drama, purely because the process to apply for these like hormone blockers, which was the main plot, 
takes like 18 months. And in this, they sort of rush through it and they were denied it first time. And the mum abducts him and takes him to Boston. In America? Um, yes. Not in Lincolnshire. Not Lincolnshire. I know, I'm going to say. Because they don't need these, like, the tests ahead of time and things like that. And it did feel like they were sort of towing the line between making it sort of dramatic and making it like this is the realistic side of it. And I think those two sides didn't always mesh. They tried to do something with the sister. You know, she was being ignored. She met this boy, but nothing really happened there. They tried to introduce something with, like, why Alison Stebman was such a bad mother to Anna Friel. And a lot of that happened towards the end, and I think it needed a little bit more time. I don't know how they could have rectified the mistakes, the things that I didn't like about it. But generally, I thought it had its heart in the right place. I really liked the style. I liked the music. Um, it was the guys who did the Stranger Things. Um, oh, really? Music on. Yeah, yeah. So it had that sort of different sort of feel to it. So it didn't feel like an ITV drama. You're saying that Dark Heart... Felt oh, like Dark Heart has like, Butterfly feels like something modern and unique, and I think I I can give it that at least. But I think the problems came from the fact it was only three episodes, and the fact that they felt like they were rushing a lot of the time. But I I, I do feel and I think that Callum Booth Ford should be nominated for a BAFTA next year because he his performance was astoundingly. Really wants to say something. I so just I want to say something. I th- I think what you're saying about it being rushed. I've read other people say that uh, on Twitter and in other reviews. And I wonder to myself, as I sit here... You wonder as you sit and wonder. with the podcast platform. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Why this has to be a three and done? It feels like, okay, we'll give you three to tell this story. Why not get to the point where he's allowed to transition into Maxine and then you've got a whole other story of how that goes for him. Why do they I think, feel the I, I, I was thinking of that, but I think at the same time, if it was going to be realistic and you had to wait the 18 months, you couldn't use the same actor. Oh, well, no, I appreciate that. Yeah, but... that, that for me is like your sort of sticking point. If you want a, if you want a character this young, then you oh. have to have the same actor, but then you can't do a large body of time i mean there were really there were scenes in this that will really stick with me and in the second episode because he's going through puberty there's a scene where he tries to take a like a shard of glass and cut off his um his penis basically because he doesn't want it anymore and that really sort of that will stick with me just the horror that you know you see this coming from the bathroom and anna Friel sort of taking a shard of glass from his hand and things like that the other thing again because of the job i've got i was poking holes in the fact that, oh, you, you know, they would have had sort of social work involved. Yeah. To them sort of coming, the, the social workers get involved after she abducts him and takes him to America. I think it is a one a highlight for me in terms of its its content and its ambition. But I think, I, I, I don't know what the solution, I don't know if it could have warranted a full episode. But yeah, I, I, I think you're right to an extent. We still don't know how that works in terms of the three parters, the four parters. Different people have said different things, haven't yeah, they? Yeah, I don't really know how it works. But I, I think... think Tony Marchant and the team did a good job telling this story, and I think it does show this side of the story to a lot of people who might not have seen it before. And I think what you were saying about like seeing it in documentaries, I think it's different in documentaries because that is like the after. That's after sort of it's all happened. This is during when it's happening. That's the sort of journey you're going on 
But I did think it was very rushed. But I would, I would recommend it. I would say, you know, I think you know if you're going to like this sort of drama. But I, I would say sit with it because there is enough to to go on with. I think with the performances and the style and things like that. We'd love to hear from you. Drop us an email: custardtvreviews at gmail dot com. Inside number nine um, was on um, Sunday Night Live. Uh, I, I watched it on the iPlayer, so I think I, As did I lost I. some As of did the I. So I think we lost some of the sort of... We did. Um, I managed to avoid Twitter, though. I didn't see I any... didn't. Yeah, I watched, it the, I watched it Monday when I came home from work. I'm I assuming knew, Gary I knew they'd the done something, but I wasn't aware no, of what I, they'd to done. Be, until to be honest, I didn't know, it. I, I didn't know anything. Mm. So ba- the basic premise, I'll run it through, is... It was set up as a live episode of Inside Number Nine, and it starts with, you know, your normal premise, like you think you're watching a normal Inside Number Nine. I know there's not anything like a normal episode of Inside Number Nine, but you're watching like this man has found a mobile phone, and and there's hints that something else may be afoot. About sort of five minutes in, no, the sound nine starts... nine minutes in. Ah, nine minutes in, yeah. and the sound starts to go. Um, and and I, I, at the time, was thinking, oh, it's a shame that the sound's gone the first time it happened. The second time it happened, I was like, now, hang on. And then it goes sort of to blank and you get the, yeah, um, the sort of, what would you call it, the fault screen. Conti- yeah, continuity so, announcer. Yeah, saying, stick with us. And then they, they put on A Quiet Night In. Favourite episode of Series 1. And an all an all silent episode because after the sound went, and then you go back to you in the sort of thing of um, Quiet Night in. You see these sort of figures pop up at the window in that episode, and then it goes back to the the vault screen and the continuity announcer, and then from there it goes really weird and deep, and you see um, Stephen Reese in the dressing room live because you can you know they're watching the news and stuff on itv <sighs> find it yeah um so basically he said uh if they can fix the sound there's a possibility we can go on at 11 o'clock tonight we'll start again yeah pathetic but that would mean bumping the ring and he's not sure that they're all in plus Fuck. he doesn't think they're gonna fix it so what a fucking why didn't they just Cut to the repeat to the rehearsal one. Hey, Plowman said if there was a problem, we'd just use the rehearsal one to film this afternoon. But no one would know it was live then, would they? <sighs> it's not even Halloween. Has to do a Halloween special. Oh, by the way, it can't actually be on Halloween night. Well, maybe it can now. So the fucking apprentice. God. <sighs> I knew this would happen. This makes us look stupid. What they're saying on Twitter. No, I can't get on it. Can I? There's no no signal. There is. It's what? Wi-Fi. There isn't. There's a card next door. Well, no one told me. Stephanie showed me. Stephanie showed you? Yeah. I can't believe Stephanie Cole can get online with you, Pat. I know. 77-year-old woman. <sighs> oh, um, Adam said that they're going to repeat a quiet night in. What, now? Yeah, it's on now, yeah. We get repeat feed? <sighs> I don't know, actually. Good point. Good. Something good's come out of it. You get a bit more of the episode. You get Stephanie Cole, who is who is meant to be the guest star in the episode. She and and it's sort of to do with um, a haunting in Granada Studios. There was a, there was yeah. a genuine genuine haunting in Granada Studios mm. twenty years ago. Yeah, I, I I was I've been reading about things they were putting down over a week 
of, yeah. of little hints and things and and he was on Twitter live during the show, Rishi Smith was. Yeah, it just yeah. felt like something, and I feel like I missed out a little bit by not watching it live, but it was on a Sunday night, and I work on a Monday. I was out, annoyingly. And then oh, okay. we And then we caught up with Little Drummer Girl, and just this, and then I admit, because we were late, I missed this, and thought, well... You'd already watch watched Little Drummer Girl, though. Yeah, Why but my, folks, my folks hadn't, and they're not... Did they, the they not watch it without you? I don't know, we've never tried that. <laughs> I think the one thing that sort of stopped me from being one of the people who sort of turned it off after nine minutes, well done, was, that, was yeah. that I thought it was an ingenious half hour of TV. It's so brave. It's, it's really good. that none of us saw it live, though, because yeah. I, I feel like that was the key. That was Sunday the night, point. Though. I think it was enjoyable more if you were watching it live yeah, and yeah, going, definitely. what's going on? What's happening? And I sort of felt like it was something I think we were, we were waiting a sort of standard episode of Inside Number Nine. There's no reason for us to watch it live sort of thing. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Like, well, yeah, well I don't the, need the... to watch it live because it's going to, you know, and, and not going to be... It, a... I don't know if you... I, the only thing that I saw that, that made me think, ah, oh, this is going to have to be something to watch live is I actually saw the one show episode which was actually featured in the programme. It did kind of explain to you in that episode, in that, that they were saying, well, we're not going to tell you what happened, but you need to watch it live. They kind of slightly gave the game away if you watch that episode of The One Show. The press they were doing, well, look, we can't tell you what happened, but please watch, you know, and they made a bigger thing about it being live. Yeah, you still didn't. The BBC did. Yeah, you still didn't, even though you saw that episode of The One Show. I didn't see Yeah, that. no, I, I did, because I, I, I watch American football on Sunday nights, so I've got no shame, you know, apart from, apart from drama. Or I, no I, taste. I, so <laughs> so you, I, you, you I, were watching I, I TV on Sunday night, but you decided to watch American football instead. Well, I, I always do, so I, I wasn't going to change I was, my plan. I was getting ready for bed last night. Oh, at like, 10 o'clock. Um, but no, I mean, I think we all really love this. I think this well, was just... No, no, whoa, 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 oh, whoa, oh, whoa, oh, whoa. Oh, who said that? Who said we all loved it? Well, I loved it, and I know Luke loved it, Gary. I, I, I found it far too meta, far too self-referential, and annoying, I'm afraid. I, you know, I know I'm the late... late well, what, do you, three... what do you mean by meta? Start there. Okay. Meta self-referential. Is being, yeah, meta is being self-referential, and it was, a, it was an issue of things like community, where towards the end, it just started to sort of like... And some people have said it's... Some people Why don't you like that, though? As a one-off episode, I didn't think it needed it. They tried to do something clever, and for me, I don't think it works. And I think the thing is, because each of us has not seen it live, it's very difficult, because I think there would have perhaps been a different experience if you're watching it live. They, they must have loved it when people said, oh, I'm turning this off after nine minutes. They must have been thinking, yeah, we've got them. But that's not what you want in a television programme, where you want an audience. But when you're doing a television program where you want a rating, where you want people to do it, I find I found it sort of too 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 clever. I What's wrong with think... being clever though? That's not what I wanted. You don't I, want clever I, TV I, I, then. You don't want TV that a... pushes the boundaries. You don't want things yeah. like that. You just want to no, sit but... down and watch half an hour of <laughs> well, still open all hours. Go watch play. still open all hours then. <laughs> He's gonna leave early at this rate. Go yeah. on, go. Well, if I if I if, if I can explain. I, this is not my experience of previous episodes of Inside Number no, 9, and I know I'm later to it than you two, and I know that they like to try to do different things, and each episode is different, and I appreciate that, and they're on a theme, you know, that they like to get their points in. I just felt this was too much of that, you know. 
I found myself looking for the number nine. I found myself looking for the rabbit or whatever it is. And I wasn't taken in by the plot. I think actually the plot was quite shaky. They showed a few old clips of uh, Tommy Boyd and the woman. Uh, uh, who's the woman who does uh, the ghost hunter thing? Of trying to bring in this whole idea, trying to bring in this idea that they were investigating. I just didn't. I didn't get it. I can understand that to an extent, but I don't agree with the fact that didn't like it because it was clever. I can understand it was disjointed. I suppose. Yes, very but I disjointed. think if you went in, it was with, trying to be too clever. I think if you went in with expectations, I think that's it. I think if you go in with expectations, mm. I think we did to an extent because we all thought, oh, we can skip it and watch it, you know, the next night or whatever. But. For me, I just thought it was so brave. It was so clever. And there was a lot of humour in there. And I loved the... Um, I told you we should have got Pam Effin Ferris. Yeah, um, she's too busy with Trump. And I, the... I, I, uh, what, what, um, what, what I could have been carrying a mug of hot tea there. Because I do agree to an extent. I don't think it's one that would require any re-watching. And I've watched Inside Number 9 several... I've watched my favourite episodes multiple times and I don't think I'd feel the need to rewatch this. I do think when it did the things with Yvette Fielding, I do think it sort of fell apart and I'm surprised when I looked back at the Twitter uh, stream after I'd seen it, I was surprised how many people still at that point were really confused and didn't know quite whether it was a mistake or real. But again, that might be because you're on the iPlayer and they wouldn't stick it on the iPlayer if it was mm. wrong and... It was very clever. It was it was a smart idea. It was well executed, but I don't know how much I enjoyed the episode once we got past. Because I think the, the, the twist, but not not just the twist, just the whole haunting of Granada Studios oh, and all that. I'm surprised at that because I really liked it, and I probably will watch it again just to see. I think we did lose something in not watching it live. I think yeah. definitely. I think that's a mistake the three of us made that we yeah. can't repeat. Yeah, no, normally I... between the normally between the three of us, we we tend to when something is like this. As you say, one of us might watch it on a preview. One of us will normally watch it live, well, and one maybe on I, a catch up or something. I was for sure Gary would have seen it live. I wonder how much of it was live. I've seen Rishi Smith say, apart from like the clips of Granada and yeah. stuff, well, no, that all like of it was live. Episode, I think twenty, at least twenty minutes was yeah, live because there was the bit in the in the in the thingy room where they actually switched on the TV to show you it was live. You know, they yeah. were watching yeah, the news, and like you know, he tweeted during saying, you know, are we on TV now? Yeah, and, and that, was like part, that. that was in the plot, wasn't it? Because yeah, there yeah. was an argument about whether there was Wi-Fi. And... Again, it's going to stick with me because of because yes. of the nature of it and because of the bravery of it. And I just think there is a lot... If you went back, I think there is a lot of like little Easter eggs and things like that. I didn't think about it too much and let it sweep over me. So I think, you know, I didn't go in with any expectations. I didn't think about it too much. And Regardless I what I we thought, it. I can't believe people turned off after nine minutes because presumably oh, these people would be Inside Number Nine fans and they would know that Inside well, Number Nine. A lot of people is... just watch TV to watch TV. To be fair, Luke. Yeah. We we said we said this before that you know there there are people that only watch certain things at certain times and as you say, I could see people scrolling through. And just like, oh, what's this? Oh, they've gone to continuity. Oh, I'll, I'll come, you know, I'll go, I'll go off. Uh, it's, it's almost like programmed into people, isn't it? Weird. To be fair, like the first time the sound went, I was sort of just doing, uh, is it my iPlayer? Is it, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Has it gone or, 
But yeah, so I mean, I've just seen someone actually come up on my Facebook that said it was more missed than hit. So you know, you know, three different opinions. Well, did um, Gary type that? No. But, <laughs> uh, but so yeah, watch it yourself if you haven't already. But we sort of spoiled, we spoiled it, it completely. Yes. You're listening to the Custard TV podcast, the official podcast of thecustardtv.com. This is Pick of the Week, then. I don't know why I'm announcing it like that, because if you listen to the podcast, you'll know well and truly what it is. Uh, Each of us get one or maybe two picks, depending on how greedy we are, that we'll certainly be watching, that we want you to watch and uh, let you know that they're coming. Um, I'll go first, shall I? No, uh, Gary, Mm -hmm. Gary, go first. I'm going to go with Louis through Altered States. I think you all know that there's part of this podcast, you know, it's been a big, 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 joy of ours to watch anything that louis has done uh, he's doing three parts again from america which is where the ultra state the first one is love without limits um where I, looking... I didn't think you'd go for this because i thought this would make you uncomfortable gary no but i think the way he does it always makes makes you know he always doesn't he hasn't seen it yet to be fair no. um so uh and uh, yeah it, it's people looking for romance online and no and it isn't like... It isn't what? about that. No, it's about oh. polygamy. It's about polygamy. Oh, sorry. I do apologise. I saw rule book and I read Facebook. I do apologise. That other social media rule book. Social media. So yeah. I'm so trained in that word. So yeah, I'm going for that. That's Sunday night, nine o'clock, BBC Two. Um, right. So my pick is Monday night, nine o'clock. It's called Doing Money. It is a docudrama uh, based on the true story of women who are made to be slaves here in the UK. It is apparently very intriguing, very heartwarming and very hard-hitting. It's on BBC Two, Monday at nine. Um, so watch that, please. Um, and I think you two are dancing around the sinner. Is that what you go? Yeah, that... that's what I thought Luke would pick because he's been going on about it. So um, yeah, well, I'll, I'll I'll mention that then. So this is um, the second series of um, the crime anthology, which the first series starred Jessica Biel. This series, um, I think, is exec produced by Estelle and stars um, Bill Pullman again as Detective Harry Ambrose. Mm. He's now returning to his hometown and um, investigating a murder committed by a 13-year-old. And again, it's a, sort of like a wide on it, really, I think, like the first series was. Not did you watch, did sorry, you watch the first series? I watched, I watched the first episode of the first series. Yeah, as Gary, did we Gar- all, because we talked as did about we all. it. Gary watched it all. I yeah. keep meaning to go back, and I never have. But I don't want to say what I thought of this series, but I will say... Have you, you watched w- it all, this series? I've watched... The, well, now I don't want to tell you. Until we speak about it, but, no, but have th- you? How much of this series have you watched? I don't want to say. <laughs> say it. I was. Oh no! But um, what I was going to say. What difference will it make? You'll see. Uh, the reason I wanted to mention it was because the thirteen-year-old Matt will rec- Well, we should all recognise, but Matt had a real soft you know spot I- for him. Matt had a real soft spot for him in uh, the last series of American Vandal, uh, which is. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah, so he pops up again in this. We didn't mention it in the Gary Goes West news, but Merck and Vandal, as I bring it up, yeah, uh, the Netflix yeah, you're announced right. they're we not. That. I... Come on, Gary. No, I did, I did, I did bookmark it, but obviously, I'm not surprised. We talked about it when we talked did our American Vandal review, didn't we? That we said we're not quite sure where they could go next. We were struggling well, to see where they would go next with the second series. Yeah. Well, yeah, about. that's right. So I'm, I'm, think... not surpri- I'm not surprised. I, I'm upset because I enjoyed both series, but I think yeah. that 
you know, you would be pushing the premise. I mean, series yeah. two pushed the premise a little bit by having this elaborate stunt, whereas the first series was just someone drawing. Go out on a cars. high. Go out on yeah. a high. You know, and I think something... this is memorable. I'd like to see them do maybe something different with the two, um, the documentarians, Peter and Sam. Maybe I'm do. more interested in what the writers do. I think the writing was mm. key, and I'm more interested in seeing what the writers yeah. do next. But yeah, so I mean, they've certainly created a, a sort of a sleeper hit. I wouldn't say this is a massive mm. sort of hit, but enough to sort of get their names known and things like that. And yeah. you know, I am sad, but I think had we got a third series, it might have been the law of diminishing returns. Oh, I've got some, I've got some uh, podcast news. Go. We You're are now. As well, are you? We are no, 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 no. Oh, okay. One, one leaves na- per week. <laughs> we are now uh, on Spotify, so if you'd like to through there, um, you can do. Just search the custard or oh, custard TV, and you and will you find know, our podcast. You know what else we're on? If you want to get somebody for Christmas, apologies if I've mentioned this already. Uh, we're on the Amazon Alexa app as well. Is that so tune in? Are we? Yes. Is that tune in? Hmm. So if you've got tune in, which is uh, the Amazon Alexa. App for listening so, to Gary, have you got your Alexa near you now? No, no, I haven't. No, I, I don't Normally, because it. it's going off in the background. Oh, You'll well. have to say, listen to the Custard TV podcast. Yeah, and then I'll pop up. So we're there as well, loads of different places. Yeah, so you can listen to a Spotify, TuneIn, iTunes, Stitcher, all those podcasting apps. Your ears, you know, we're, we're there. We have to use, you have to use your ears just generally. Yeah, most, yes. If you haven't most got ears, you might be out in disadvantage. Okay, so next week on the podcast, we will discuss the return of the sinner, the return of Louis Theroux, also whether Gary was won over or just decides to stop altogether with uh, BBC One's The Little Drummer Girl. Back next week, then. And Bye. doing money, which you, which was your choice. Oh, yes, doing money, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Rate and review us wherever you find us. Search The Custard TV on YouTube, iTunes and Facebook. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.